0: And that's the beauty of the performing arts industry. It gives people an escape from reality. Yeah. And it also makes the workforce and adult life and the general depressing rat race of life bearable. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Today, we have a very popular singer from here down under who is extremely and undeniably talented. He was one half of the pop duo Savage Garden, but now he has taken a solo path. And fun fact, my parents are huge fans of Savage Garden. I must admit, their music is quite wonderful with such beautiful lyrics. Now everyone, let's give a warm welcome to the one and only Darren Hayes. Hi, I'm such a big fan of you
1: and your family. I'm so it's such a thrill for me to talk to you. So thank, thank you for you. having me on your show.
0: No no problem. Thank you. It's quite an honor having <laughs> having you on this podcast. So um how how are things? Well, things right now are really busy.
1: Um I forgive you for not knowing much about me because I'm quite a lot older than you. Um yes. <laughs> But I have taken, a, I had taken a long time off work, maybe 10 years. So for the whole time that Australia fell in love with you, I was really uh, making music kind of in secrecy, uh, almost semi-retired. So for the last, I would say, six months or so, I've kind of re-emerged and been releasing music and getting ready to come yeah. back. But I'd been gone for a long time. If you don't mind me asking, why is that? It's a great question. Um, well, I'm 50. And when I started, I was about 19. And I had an incredible career that I was really grateful for. But I think after a long time, I felt like I had done everything that I'd set out to do. Oh. And I think I felt a little bit creatively bored. I think I felt like, yeah, I had done everything that I needed to do. And you might find this interesting, actually. One of the things that I did in these 10 years that I took off is I went to LA and I studied improv, which I know is something that you've been doing.
0: Yes, I have. Yeah.
1: So I just did some things that I had never done before because I'd always been a musician. And I'd always performed and made music, but I took some time out to just do things that I'd never done before. And mm. it turned out that I really needed that. I just needed some new adventures.
0: That's quite impressive. Well, congratulations on your latest album, Homosexual. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. But also, are you happy,
1: safe, and well? Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Thank you for asking me that. Um, yeah, I really am. I I can I feel like I can be honest, um, because I talk a lot about my mental health. I live with a depressive disorder, so I live with depression. And I'm very lucky that I was diagnosed with um, anxiety and a major depressive disorder uh, about 20 years ago. So Mm -hmm. I'm lucky that I have a therapist and I have a psychologist and medicine that I get to take that helps with that. Some days are better than others. But that's mm-hmm. such a kind question to ask me. I'm doing great at the moment. Thanks that's for asking, good. Yeah. And how is your husband getting along? Oh, he's amazing. I reckon you would really like him. He's cool. He he's is, cool. when I met him, uh, he was studying, doing his master's degree in film, and he was teaching at university uh, as a university lecturer, but his part-time job was sort of 3D animation, so he does a lot of special effects in films. So the two of us really love uh, film and uh, he's, a, he's a aspiring screenwriter, I guess. So I know you love film and so uh, he's doing great. At the moment, he's, he's writing a lot of um, adventure screenplays here in, in, in uh, Hollywood that he's trying to sell. And uh, he works doing a lot. His day job is kind of special effects, working with uh, cool. CGI and, and a lot of those types of things. But he's well. Thank
0: you. That's good. Glad. Very yeah. pleased to hear Um, yeah. I have to ask you this. What are you most proud of regarding your work? You. Th- these are such great questions.
1: No one asks me these questions. Thank you. Um, oh. What am I most proud of? With my work, I think I'm most proud of the fact that I have lasted for so long. So it's been 25 years now in an industry that, as you know, is very competitive and uh, it's very reliant upon commercial success. And I think I've really fought to put my art first, which is not always easy to do because Mm -hmm. art doesn't often pay the rent. Art is not always Uh successful sometimes art flops, but I'm really proud that I've got an audience of people that really care about what I have to say. And I really love my fans. Uh, You know, I don't think a lot of artists can say that, but the people that listen to my words or relate to my music have really grown up with me. And those people mean, they they mean a lot to me. So I'm very grateful for that. That long history uh, of a cool.
0: relationship with my fans. That's lovely. I have to yeah. ask you out of curiosity, do people recognize you in the street often? No, no. Oh. And
1: Well, it's interesting. I don't think I look at all like any of my videos or my pictures, oh. partly because I change my look so much. Oh. And in, in the very beginning of my career, I used to dye my hair black. I was really obsessed Uh, with um elvis presley when uh, i was younger and um, elvis used to dye his hair blue black
0: uh
1: right so that was a look that i used to love when i was younger and then um i i've always liked musicians and pop stars that change their look and they have uh, a persona or a character that they are on stage and off stage they become almost like a blank canvas so i enjoy that i enjoy becoming someone else when i'm on stage and then when i'm off stage i like disappearing into the crowd Mm -hmm. so no i don't get recognized
0: almost at all um well if you if that ever happens do people ever ask you for selfies yes how do you feel about that does that happen to you a lot frequently yeah i imagine it does but it doesn't bother me at all because um i kind of like the attention and because there's nothing there's there's no harm in Letting people take a selfie with you because it puts smile yeah. on their face and it makes their day. The world needs more of that.
1: That's beautiful. How do you feel about boundaries, Michael, in terms of like, because I know, well, for me, you'll have to let me know about your, what your um, emotional space is like. Um, I'm someone that I love what you just said. If I can give someone in one second or five seconds, if I can make their day, I'm going to do it. Because so what an amazing privilege to be in. And I've seen how you have um, interacted with people like, um, you know, some of your heroes and and how, you know, just meeting some actors or people that you've loved and how they've been kind mm-hmm. to you. And that's, that's yeah. you know, like, I love that, right? And mm-hmm. you're in a position now where you're a famous person and, and yeah. I love hearing that you can do that. But I also think it's okay if sometimes If you are feeling overwhelmed or sometimes you're feeling anxious, for me, sometimes I do feel like um, sometimes I need to appeal to someone's human nature and say to them sometimes, is it okay if we just say hello? Do you mind if we don't take a photo today? And I find usually people are really great about that too. What's your experience like that? With that sort of situation.
0: Well, I never really. That, I barely say no to um to selfies. Mm. Do you ever
1: feel? So, the, does the attention ever make you feel anxious? No, not at all. Oh, that's great. Sometimes yeah. it makes me feel a little bit anxious. I think sometimes. Oh. Yeah, sometimes. But um, I try to not let that be shown because I yeah. appreciate what you said, which is that I think that the average person in the street they mean nothing but love and Mm. it can take just one second of our day but because i do have a mental health illness sometimes i have anxiety and so sometimes my anxiety can make me like inside i feel like i'm in danger or i want to run away but that's not their fault so i try to navigate my own
0: what's going on inside my
1: mind you know with what the person is wanting
0: i know what it's like to live with anxiety for sure
1: yeah you do, exactly. a great job of, uh, you do a great job of um, balancing that because uh, thanks you seem to be like someone who you give off uh, a lot of joy, I think, in, mm. in the work that you do. Thanks. For sure. Well, I'm
0: actually pursuing an acting career. That's so what I've always wanted I to do since I was a kid.
1: You know, I, um, I was in Sydney recently. Is Sydney where you've been studying? In Sydney, but I actually live in Wollongong. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I have friends in Wollongong, so I know where that is. But I was in Sydney recently and I was walking past I think one of the places that you study and so I do I am a fan of you so I follow you on social media and I saw mm. some pictures uh, that you posted where you were studying and I was like, Oh my god, I know <laughs> I know where, where Michael's been studying. I recognize that place. Oh, you historic. mean
0: screenwise? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have to ask you, um, what do you most enjoy about being a singer and songwriter?
1: You know, I think it's the ability to um, take an emotion that's inside me that feels locked inside and to set it free. Maybe you relate a little bit like that to acting. I don't know. But for me with music and singing, it's like um, I'm so lucky that I have it as an outlet because I have all of these big emotions and I always have my whole life since I was a child. And, And I love that when I get to write a song or I get to sing on stage, it just releases all of that, that energy wow. and, and it's, and it's gone and for a good purpose, you know, and it um, I think as performers, you will relate to this. There's an exchange of energy, you know, especially when there's an audience there. I love that feeling of um, that immediate call and response that you get. And, I, and that anxiety is not always a bad thing. I think that I've learned to describe my anxiety as excitement, excitement misplaced or oh. pent up excitement. Oh, so instead of in the past, I used to think of ex- uh, anxiety as in some negative ways. Now I just think of it as performing as an opportunity to release that, that excitement, and to share it with someone else. So one of my favourite things about doing a show is that moment before. I don't get nervous. Mm. I, I feel the energy in the room and when the lights first go down at a concert, there's that feeling that the, you can feel the anticipation of the crowd and um, it's almost like my, uh, I don't know, it's like drawing energy like a superhero. I feel that energy from the crowd and that's the thing that gives me the bounce you know yeah. to get out there and and do a good show. I love that. I feel like it's human beings exchanging all of this energy together and I love it.
0: It's so in other words on. you're very passionate about the craft. Yeah, very. Yeah, and and I'm sure if you love
1: acting I am in awe of that, Michael, because I've studied acting and um it's definitely not my first skill. You know, I would say that here I am as a singer and Here I am as an actor, you know, down here. And I think that what you do, what actors do, is it's a mystery to me. But I'm in awe of it because to take take a feeling, to take some words on a page and to turn them into human behaviour and and convey a message to me, Mm. it's a mystery and I pay to see that. This is me
0: with acting and this is me with
1: singing. Oh, I don't know about that. I haven't heard you sing yet. Who knows? I don't even consider myself to be a singer. See, I have this thing about singing. My husband was told when he I think everyone should sing. I don't think everyone is a great singer because I'm not a great athlete, but I can run, you know. So I just think it's sometimes people are told that they they're, they're a bad singer and I think that that stops them from the joy of singing, right? I think everyone should be allowed to drive around in their car and sing pink or whoever, whoever they like yeah, singing of course. to, right? But sometimes I think we expect everyone to sound like Adele or to sound like a professional singer, and I think that's so unrealistic Mm. because it's so fun to sing. And when Richard was um, a kid, he had a teacher that really planted a, a negative seed in his brain because she told him that he didn't sound good. And so for a lot of his life, he would never sing out loud because he was embarrassed, and it took him marrying a singer where I would build up his confidence and say, you sound fine, like sing, because we sing all the time in the house. And it's one of the greatest joys, I think, like just to cool sing, you know, birds sing, dogs sing, yeah. everyone makes a sound and exactly. it's a freeing thing. So I think everyone should sing.
0: Mm. I just don't
1: think everyone could win X Factor. That's the difference.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask you, Um, was there a particular moment of your life that inspired you to pursue a career in singing and songwriting? Yeah. It, there was a
1: moment, it was in 1987, so long before you were a uh, twinkle in your father's eye. Seven years, actually. I went to see Michael Jackson in concert at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre, and he was at the peak of his sort of fame and his physical performance Um It was like watching an Olympic athlete. He was just so, uh, just, he was a perfectionist. And at that point in my life, I had a troublesome time in my life. My home life wasn't very happy. And at school, I was bullied a little bit at school, but music was, it's okay. But music was um, my escape. And I remember seeing, I was only 15, but I remember seeing this performer on stage and i saw the effect that this performer had on people and they had left their reality for a little while people were just so happy people were so happy and i and i was so happy and i just thought i want to i want to do that one day i want to it was almost like leading I'm not a religious person, but it looked almost like that feeling people have, you know, when they go to church or something. There was a feeling yeah. of leading a group of people into just joy. And, and, yeah. and I thought, I, I want to do that one day. And 10 yeah. years later, we as Savage Garden played that same entertainment center. We sold it out twice. Wow. So that's the power of intention and positive mm. thinking. Yeah. That's
0: and that's the beauty of the performing arts industry. It gives people an escape from reality, and yeah. it also and it also makes the workforce and adult life and the general depressing rat race of life bearable. Yeah, it sure does. You know, some people there's a
1: quote, and I'm misquoting it. You will probably know who said this. I don't know, but um, you know, there's a there's a quote about why we read. You know, we read to know that we're not alone, and that's really the point of art you know, the human existence, the reason we create art is to try to make sense of what it is to be alive and to know that another human being has experienced what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, and we know we're not alone. And I think the privilege that you and I have right now, you know, is that we have a platform and we get to know that someone's going to listen to this conversation we're having and it might turn their day around. It might inspire them to do anything from have a podcast to take an acting lesson to sing,
0: yeah,
1: any of the things that we've talked about, you know, because we are we're in a position to remind humans that there's more to life than just you know having a job or and that ha- your
0: job and having kids,
1: <laughs> exactly that your job can actually be something that you love to do. Isn't that a, isn't that a crazy rebellious thought that you can actually yeah. have a job? That you love to do. Exactly. Very rarely are we told that as children, you know. Yeah, I know.
0: I do have to ask you this. Um, do Do you write all of your own songs or do you collaborate with other singers? On this recent album, I wrote everything myself and I did everything
1: myself. Every single sound you hear... Everything is all me. Uh, But in the past, I've always collaborated. That was what was so special about this new album for me was I decided I was going to do it all on my own. And there's nothing wrong with either process. There are pluses and minuses to both. When you collaborate, you are getting to bounce off someone else, just like when you're doing improv. Mm, You know, you get to yes and someone. Someone has an idea and you're like,
0: oh. I've got an idea. How about this? And they, it's like ping pong. Yeah. Congratulations once again on that new album of yours. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Michael. Now let's take a little listen to, to a little bit of it now. Okay. Since you since we mentioned the topic homosexual, I also wanted to show you this.
1: Oh, that's so kind of you. You're holding up a, a rainbow flag. Thank you for yep. being an ally.
0: That's all right. That's I started to have a, a rainbow flag in my possession to show that I support that community.
1: That's so kind of you. Thank you. Because there's so much, um, you know, Australia is such, just just a wonderful country. Australia was one of the first countries to... Allow um, same-sex marriage in the world, so I'm very proud to be Australian, Thanks. and and I feel very very welcome being on your
0: show. Thanks, Michael. That's all right, and and plus I have several friends that are actually members of that community. Awesome, isn't it interesting how our exposure
1: to people outside of our own world just completely yeah. expands our compassion and our understanding. Yeah. I have several people in my life who would consider themselves to be um, on the autism spectrum and, you know, they've just completely made me someone who is, you know, I I fight for understanding and equality and it's made me just have Hmm. so much appreciation and understanding well before I even watched the show. But watching the show, I went into watching your show, having people in my life. Who were on this on the spectrum, and so it. it I loved how um, it was true to the people that I knew, and that yeah. it wasn't um, patronizing. I didn't feel like the show was exploiting. I just I love the show for that reason that it helped educate people yeah. as well. You know. Wow. What's so interesting is I just think the word spectrum is interesting because I feel like that about sexuality as well. I just think that we're human beings. With, with extraordinary variation mm. and capabilities and untapped potential yeah that's the word for me is potential yeah. and I think why wouldn't we want to have as many variations and opportunities as human beings to to expand the definition of of who we are and and what we can achieve we don't know which part of society, is going to be the person that is going to yeah. solve these huge problems that mm-hmm. we face. But mm-hmm. I bet you it isn't just going to be, you know, somebody typical because yeah. typical has had free reign <laughs> for too long. Yeah. And I have a, I have a problem with the word typical being related to normal. What is normal? No, exactly. Normal is honestly boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we, we relate typical just with really mm. ableism and just yeah. it's, this generation of people I think are just so much more accepting and I'm really lucky and grateful yeah. that and I know so many young people now that don't tolerate a lot of ignorance and I, I'm, gl- I'm yeah. looking forward to these young people getting into positions of politics and
0: power and changing That's things good. because we want new ideas. Yep. You know. and like like I always say, it's time for the next generation. Oh, please, yes, the, the older generation is way too out of date.
1: Yeah, there's a big and, gap, isn't there, between and the people older generation power?
0: should remain in the past where it belongs.
1: Yeah, please,
0: let's put that on a t shirt. <laughs> exactly, and <laughs> I gotta I have to ask you this: Do you recall how you and Daniel Jones first met, and what led to the birth of Savage Garden? I sure do.
1: Uh, he placed a musician's ad. In a newspaper that doesn't exist anymore it was a trade newspaper called time off in brisbane and it was like a, um, an arts music it was where you would look up to see what bands were playing and um, in the back section they had a section for like musos wanted so it was where you could look up if you wanted to join a band you would place an ad if you're a band that needed a, a musician that's what you would do and he mm. was in a band called Red Edge with his brother Oliver and two other people and uh, they placed an ad looking for a singer and it was mm. as simple as that. It was the first audition I ever went on and really the last, apart from when I got into acting. And I was, to be honest, I was terrible, Michael. I was so nervous. Mm. Uh, I, I, I remember calling him up first. There was a phone number and I called up. And I sort of almost talked myself out of going. I was like, look, I don't know if I should come. I haven't had any experience. And, and, and he convinced me to turn up. And I did turn up to the audition and I sang something from the musical Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> which was uh. just it was it from, uh, yeah, that was my favourite musical at the time. And uh, I sang great. I did sing, sing really well. And I got the job. And we were a covers band for a couple of years doing Australian rock songs. And wow. that's how we met. Yeah.
0: Impressive. Yeah. A follow-up question I have is, if you don't mind me asking, what made you go solo? Well, the band ended because Daniel didn't want to do it anymore is the short oh. answer.
1: Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. we made two albums that were really successful. They were identically successful. Both albums sold almost exactly the same amount of copies. Both albums had a number one single in the United States in them, each of them. I think now they've sold about 30 million copies. So each one sold about 15 million copies each. And when we were in the middle of promoting the second record, Daniel came to a realisation that he didn't want to be someone in the public eye, didn't enjoy the fame aspect. And so, yeah, he decided that. He didn't want to do it anymore, and for me, uh, I mean, yeah. But twenty years later or so, you know, I've never stopped. So I'm now I'm great, really grateful. At the time, I think, uh, you know, in the moment, it's very hard to yeah. think why would you, why would anyone want to end this? But now I totally can't imagine being a band anymore. I'm very grateful for the time that we had, but mm-hmm. I, I really love my life now, That's and I good. love the music I make on my own. And I'm grateful for what, what we had.
0: That's really impressive. Um, yeah. Over the past few days, I've been listening to some of your work and I have to say they're very beautiful songs and the lyrics are also quite beautiful. They're full of soul and full of life. Oh. It's almost like you're putting your heart, heart and soul out in, in, Through song form. Thanks, Michael. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it has to be like that in order to connect with people. And they're very resonating as well. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think it has to be. And I think you know this as a performer. I think when you're acting, it's fake unless you do that. Mm -hmm. I think that the reason you say a song resonates and comes from a place is because it comes from a true place. I would even say the same thing about watching you on television. I think the reason why Australians really did fall in love with you was because we could tell, you know, I feel like I knew your your family or felt like I knew you because you weren't acting. You were being very real, you know. And and thank you for saying that about the music because that's, That's what I try to do, and that's what I love about the music that I listen to is I look for music that people can resonate with. Yeah, and that they have risked something because I I think just you allowing a camera into your home, you're risking something because you're being vulnerable, and I think vulnerability is the key key to all resonating art is you're risking people. You're showing a side of yourself.
0: Well, well to be honest when I joined Love on the Spectrum and the whole process um yeah I didn't see any I didn't see it as giving up something or taking a risk mm. I thought it was a very extraordinary thing to do you're so brave that's beautiful so we're very I got to say just as a fan we're very
1: grateful that you and your family opened up your home to to the world because the world needed uh, awesome, to see some love and chuckles and yeah. just all of it it's just great you're so naturally funny i don't try to be i know but that's what makes it good because it's your honesty and it comes from truth
0: yeah yeah because yeah. somebody has to be blunt
1: <laughs> yeah i know well i think that sort of comes from your mum too your mum. i think your mum's really funny
0: yeah. yeah since you brought up my mother yes i, I guess this this i guess this opportunity is as is, is good as any okay you mind no i'd love to meet your mom cool. Excuse me a moment. Just one sec, one sec, okay. one sec. Mom, there's somebody who wants to meet you. Now, put these on. Oh, okay. Put these on real quick. Just <laughs> put it on. <laughs>
2: oh, how cool. This is the coolest moment of all year. you.
1: Hello. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Oh, look at you. Oh, oh look at you. <laughs>
2: I don't look at you.
1: I just have to say, I just, we are such big fans of you and your family and your son. And I just, I, I was just telling Michael, we were just sharing about the fact that, first of all, I think you guys are hilarious. And so just that your sense of yeah. humour is amazing. I think you're an amazing mum.
2: Oh, but I was talking you. to
1: Michael about just the gift of just opening up your life at the at a time in the world yeah. where we all just needed some love. And we needed some joy and we laughed and we cried and we chuckled. And I just want to say
2: thanks. Oh, wow.
1: And and the first chance I had to talk to your son, I was like, can I please invite your parents to my show? Will you come to my show? So please, if you are around, (laughs) we'd love you to come.
2: If I'm around, oh, my goodness, (laughs) you have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea. Like... We are going to be there. Like, uh, okay. I'm going
1: okay. to be there and you're going to get treated oh. like like royalty. So that's what's oh. going to happen.
2: Look, I've got to say thank you to you because oh. the joy of your music, you have no idea. There are very few artists that can, that can actually touch me and you're one of them because when I listen to your music and the way you sing it, it's just so beautiful. The lyrics are beautiful. The way you sing it is beautiful because it comes from you.
1: You're going to make me cry. Well, but it's It's, it's reciprocal. It's, I feel like we were meant to meet, really, because when I, I watched know. how I have so much respect and for how you are as a family and the love that you all have for each other and your just amazing sense of humour and, you know, your son is just so smart and so funny he is. and just... He is. Is it a joy. It, oh, it's actually joy and just brought so yeah. much joy to our life. In the same way you were talking to me about what music does, like just opening up your family to the world. It was very um, raw
2: and it was very I us. know
1: And very, but very <laughs> sincere. It and is. Just yeah. His yeah. openness <sighs> to share love and to humor just and love It was such. It's such a gift. And it helped, and and during sad times, we just we got by because of you guys. So I just want to well, say thanks, and I love you guys. Know,
2: so thank you. But you know, you're yes. just as raw and as open in your music. Your your music is you. You know, no. I, I I have to say things like crash and burn and. There's such beautiful lyrics. Oh, thank you. To the moon and back. Oh, you, you don't, you don't realise, do you? Because the first time, I mean, this is just me. You should see me in concert. Like when I'm at your concert, I'm just going to go off. And it's not every concert, but yours I will go off because I have oh, waited. Beautiful. I have waited. You have no idea. I'm
1: so glad not- I'm doing all the songs that you've said, by the way, too. Every time you've mentioned one, I've been like, oh, god, I'm so glad I'm doing that. <laughs>
2: And you're doing homosexual, aren't you? It's a new
1: one. But not a lot of it. Some of it. But not a lot of it. I know what people want. I'm not an idiot. I'm like, I've been away for a long time. I need to play some hits. Yeah, but you also need to play like your new stuff because you're Yeah, I will play. I'll play some of it. Yeah. Yeah. but not. And
2: we want to embrace you.
1: Yeah, I love you. You're you're the
2: best. But look, thank you so much. Oh, my God.
1: Thank you. I can't wait to meet you in person.
2: And you know what? I knew I loved you before I met you. Oh, (laughs) So I have great. dripped you into <laughs> life. <laughs> I feel the same way.
1: Hair looks yeah. great, by the way. Oh,
2: Loving thank the hair. you. Yeah, oh, I'm going out for dinner tonight, so I thought, oh, I'll get up do my cool. hair. And- you
1: yes. schmancy. All right, have a beautiful night.
2: Mwah, thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, you are. See ya. Uh, cl- close the door,
0: close the door, please. Close the door, please. Okay. Thank you. Oh, uh, sorry about all Thank all that. you,
1: Michael. That was meant a That's lot to right. me. Thank you very much.
0: Um, about your, regarding your album Homosexual, why did you call it that?
1: Well, that word has been a very loaded word for a long time. It used to be a clinical term to... Sadly, diagnose people like me as a mental condition. So oh. in back in the yeah, in the twenties and thirties and forties, um, psychologists <sighs> used to think that being gay was a was a mental disorder. When I was a child, it was used as a slur, and when I first came out uh, and as as a gay man, you know, there was a lot of fear. And w- w- at a major record label, I was sort of, I really felt like I was they were afraid of me being gay and that, that they tried to sort of erase that part of me. So me calling the album this was my way of reclaiming that word, uh, having a different definition of the word and showing myself and the world that I love who I am and that I'm not afraid of that word, having a different definition, That's replacing good. my negative stereotypes uh, that, that I associate with that word and replacing them with something
0: positive. I would say that would be very brave of you. Yeah. And um, out of all your collaborations, which singers over in the States or here down under have you enjoyed working with the most?
1: My favorite ever voice uh, that I ever sang with is Olivia Newton-John. And I, I know and I love Olivia Newton-John. And as you know, she j- recently passed away. I she was such a, uh, such a hero to me as a child, and I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to to write a song for her. And uh, we we sang together on a duets album of hers, and God bless uh, Olivia. She's um, yeah. just a beautiful person, and I loved I loved working with yeah. her.
0: Yeah, I also have to ask you this: um, Are you comfortable discussing your early life? Yeah, I everything's an open book with me. Well, what challenges did you face growing up?
1: Well. Don't feel bad for me because I'm going to talk about something that might be a little bit um, upsetting for some people who have experienced abuse or domestic violence, and that's fine. I'm very comfortable talking about it. But I did grow up in a family um, with alcoholism and domestic violence. So when I was a little boy, um, my father was really violent with my mom. So I I witnessed a lot of violence as a child, which was – was terrible. I will say that I'm very proud of my mother. She's a survivor. She's a a domestic abuse survivor. And she, um, she eventually left my father, which was amazing. It's okay, Michael. Um, she's a really beautiful, strong woman. And she taught me so much about, um, about love and forgiveness. And back then there weren't as many well, many or any laws really to protect women like there are today. Oh
0: my
2: God! So it was
1: really, yeah, it was hard for women in the '70s. And um, I mean, I tell you, my mum is incredible. She's uh, she's 78 years of age now. She's so happy, and um, you know, she has three kids. Um, she has beautiful grandchildren. She's so full of love, yeah. and and you know, and I am like I said to you before, I've had so much access to wonderful therapy and health care and um and i love my life i really do cool. i think you know some of some of that early childhood bullying that came from being a gay kid and not i didn't really know i was gay it took me a long time to work <laughs> that out but i've been married to, for 17 years to my husband and you know what mike i'm a pop star yeah and i'm <laughs> And I'm happy, so I like to really remind young people who might be struggling with some of the things that I struggled with. Yeah, there really is a happy ever after, and yeah. I and I'm living it. I am really, I'm proof positive that That's you cool. can survive challenges, mm-hmm. you can thrive, yeah, and you can do the thing that you love to do for a job and get paid for it.
0: And um, I do have a few more questions to ask you. What do you think so, you developed? As a child, that helped you in your career. Mm,
1: God, you've got good questions. Um, these are this is really great interview, Michael.
0: Well, I actually, I, I don't take, I can't take all the credit because Manny helped.
1: Hey, listen, you think I don't have a team of people around me? We all do. But you're great. Ooh. You're the showman. Listen, um, I believe in magic. I believe that this life, there's always something magical around the corner. I really do. I really believe that there's always the chance that something extraordinary could happen at any moment and life is is an adventure Mm. and that's what keeps me going and I think that that's why when I was a young kid I could look at Michael Jackson on stage and I could have this opinion that maybe I'll do that one day whereas somebody pessimistic or negative would think I could never do that. That would mm. never have entered my brain. I was just so open to the possibility that
0: magic is possible. Impressive. That's a very positive way of looking at things. My last question for you is: Do you happen to have any advice for those who are, who have or are experiencing difficult times?
1: Yes, I do. Tell someone. Always tell someone. Um, never, never think that you are too much of a burden or that your problems are too much for somebody because someone would always rather listen to your problems than hear about something terrible happening to you. Yeah, There's always someone to talk to, you know, and um, just always remember that you're so loved. You know, there's so many people in our lives that care about us.
0: Exactly. And just tell someone, just tell someone. That's very good advice. That's very helpful. Now, I believe we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. That's a a segment towards the end of the podcast where the guest gets the chance to ask me questions, whatever's on their mind. This is what I've been waiting for
1: because I am such a big fan of you. So fantastic. Okay, Michael, what would be... Your dream role in a film. If I had a script right now and I could hand it to you, what would be on this script? What would the film be that I'm offering you this role today?
0: With, with in terms of character or genre?
1: Actually, let me. That's a good question. Let me let me narrow it down. Actually, genre of film. What's your ideal genre of film to appear in? Uh, comedy. Right. Okay. Now let's get deeper. I've got a comedy script for you, okay? Yes. What would be a director of a film, of a comedy film, that you, a director of a comedy film that you would love to work with?
0: I don't have a dr- a dream director to work with, to be honest, but one person I would love to work with again is Darren Ashton. Ah,
1: okay. And what is it about Darren Ashton that you loved working with and what is it that you what, – what, tell me about Darren.
0: He's a really great man, and he's also a very professional, patient director.
1: Fantastic.
0: Okay. I know that
1: your favourite films change all the time, and you said that you're more into TV. You hinted about this before, but now I'm curious. So what is your favourite TV show at the moment?
0: There's several of them because I I don't watch Netflix. I still use a DVD player.
1: That's cool. So, what are you what are you getting through at the moment? Like, what's
0: your? What, um, is there a box set? Yep, there's several of them. I've so, m- m- most of them I've already watched. Um, I'm still watching Love My Way, ah, oh. and I'm also gonna start watching Puberty Blues because I'm quite a fan of Claudia Carvan and Susie Porter.
1: That's amazing. Now, that's a remake,
0: right? Yeah, um, it's a television series remake. Yes,
1: wow, that's so funny because when I was a kid, thousands of years ago. I watched the, t- the movie of that, and that was a very controversial television uh, movie back in the day or cinema show back in the day.
0: 1979.
1: Gosh, I should – you know what? If I play trivia, you're on my team. Okay, imagine that I'm inviting you to dinner, right, a dinner party, and I'm cooking a meal. What would be your worst nightmare if I served up a meal for you, right, And I've just served a meal, and it's—you don't know what I'm going to serve for you, but it's got—it's like the worst possible thing I could serve you. And you've come to Darren's house for dinner, the whole family, and you're like, "Ugh!" And I've just served you a meal that's repulsive. What would be the most repulsive meal? Like, not—not I'm not talking like I've served up a dead snake. I'm talking like a meal that's like, uh, you know, an average meal, but for you, it's just like I'm not eating that
0: pumpkin soup. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I hate pumpkins.
1: I used to hate pumpkins too. When I was a kid, my parents used to cuz they would treat it like a vegetable and they would be like you have to eat your vegetables. And I would feel like I was going to like throw up. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We share that in common. I'm not a fan. Mm. But, okay, follow-up question and then you can tell me to shut up. But follow-up question. I'm not, I would never tell you to shut up. <laughs> Thank you. How do you feel about <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes? Oh, I can tell from the look on Michael's face this is not good. No, guys. Nope. We're getting a, This is a definite no here. Unless,
0: okay. unless to Mocha, I'm not interested.
1: So. Okay, I have a final question for you. Yeah. It is a film-related question. If you were to be given the opportunity to remake a film just for fun if someone said for fun here's I guess they cost like a hundred million dollars right here's a hundred million dollars and bunch of friends maybe you could have any of the people that you've worked with that you've met in the business maybe we could choose say Steven Spielberg or any directors we like but someone has just said to us we've got a hundred million dollars and we're allowed to go and remake a film, just so that we can be in some of these iconic scenes in a film, right? What film would you choose?
0: That's a very tough question. I honestly don't really know which film I would like to remake. Yeah. Although, if I was given a choice of anything, even if it's a film or television series, I'd probably yeah. do do some kind of um, Australian version of Modern Family. Oh, that is smart. You should pitch that. That is smart. And I would bring some of the best actors. Actors, um, Justine Clark, Susie Porter, Shane Jacobson, Claudia Carvin, Stephen Curry. Oh, Stephen Curry is amazing! Yeah, even possibly Chris Hemsworth. Yep, he's hilarious. Hey,
1: man, thanks for everything. Thanks for talking to me. You're welcome,
0: Darren. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I really appreciate it. So, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, I've loved it. You're welcome. Thank you.